When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plants, it's time to hempresent. Our radio resident Hempo Sapien Vivian McPeak will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to hemp present about hemp and cannabis from the legal activist and reformist route. Let's round up and roll it up for our headmaster of hemp, Vivian McPeak. My friends, I am Vivian McPeak, and this is the Hemp Present Resistance. I am the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle Hemp Fest. Speaking flower to power for 29 years and to be held online this year and found at onlinehempfest.org. I am also the author of the book, Protestable, a 20-year retrospective of Seattle Hemp Fest, also found at hempfest.org. This show is a weekly Reef for Radio Rebellion, where I speak with some of the principal risk-takers, movers, and shakers, and history-makers of the cannabis industry, culture, and reform movement. If you have feedback or would like to suggest a guest or topic for HempResent, email me at hempresent at gmail.com. Jimi Hendrix is widely regarded as one of the greatest guitar players in human history, and many would argue that Jimi is the greatest guitarist of all time, myself included. While Jimmy's high-profile mainstream career lasted only four years, his mastery of the guitar transcended previous boundaries and catapulted Hendrix into global guitar god status. Jimmy's use of feedback, the tremolo arm, and theatrics such as playing behind his back and with his teeth stupefied guitarists all over the world. But Jimmy was also a brilliant poet and songwriter who created a body of work that will undoubtedly withstand the weight of time and be revered as long as humans walk this earth. This year marks the 50th anniversary of Jimi Hendrix's untimely passing, and I have Jimmy's niece, my friend, Tina Hendrix, with me to reflect on Jimmy's life and tell us about what's planned here in Seattle to celebrate him on the anniversary of his death. Welcome, Tina, to Cannabis Radio. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. Wow. Uh, before we begin, Tina, I just want to say that when I was 10 years old, the very first record I ever bought was Jimi Hendrix's Smash Hits, and it changed my life. And I've not only been a devoted fan, but in awe of Jimi almost my entire life. I've said for decades, since I was 14, that I want the song If Six Was Nine 
from the album Axis Bold as Love played loudly at my memorial service after I die. And I remember the day that Jimmy died in 1970 very well. I was I was 12 years old. Uh, oh, I was almost 12. When did you become aware of the fact that your uncle was the superstar virtuoso that he is? What's your earliest memory of being aware of Jimi Hendrix? Well, honestly, you know, we grew up at Jimmy's graveside because my dad, being Jimmy's little brother, I mean, he was extremely hurt when he lost his brother. You know, he was only 21. His brother was 27, and they were just inseparable. So when he lost his brother, I mean, he grieved so much. I, I honestly think we were at the graveyard every weekend of our life. We thought it was a park. We were going up there, and Dad would always tell stories of his brother. I mean, that was our bedtime story. So as a little girl, I was totally aware of Jimmy's humanity as a brother and a human being and as a caretaker to my father. And I knew that it, there was always music around us, and we always had Jimmy's music playing in the house. Dad had reel-to-reels, um, rare stuff. Uh, there was always people coming around to, to, you know, to talk about how awesome Jimmy was as a little girl. So I saw all that. And just being his niece, you know, I felt really blessed and I felt really safe and secure because it was a good live in Seattle, you know, because of Jimmy. And so, but, you know, I, uh, Jimmy died in 1970. I was born in 1974. So just me realizing how great he was came later with time, you know, when I became a musician and later on, People would come to me, you know, in my teenage and tell me, wow, you're, you know, your uncle saved my life. Your uncle's world. you know, your uncle's an alien. He's not human. He's supernatural. I mean, I've heard it all and it's all very positive vibes. So I, you know, honestly, I, my musical tastes ready to really enjoy Jimmy's music. I had to get a little older to appreciate it. And once I did, oh my God, like I, <laughs> I'm a super Jimmy fan and his music is so healing, you know, and, and once I discovered it for myself, not only now my husband, like one of his number one fans and I totally know why, you know, I had to step out of just being um, in the comfort zone of being his niece. And I had to just step into the fandom to understand the fans. And I love it. I, I, I get it. Because honestly, I just got up off of listening to his music just to make me feel better this morning because I was going through some personal things. Jimmy's music is so healing and I don't know anything else in the world like it. And I know that he's so greatly missed. We never, our family never got over the loss. We're still grappling with his death. It's still to us shroud in mystery and and things that we don't understand. And, you know, it's just, so, I mean, we're still in a way grieving as a family. I mean, the world is still grieving as a family for, for Jimmy. I mean, it's, he's international without a doubt, you know, so just honestly, the fans have helped me to realize his importance by sharing their stories with me. I'm over at his memorial. I live in Renton, uh, Washington. Jimmy is buried in Renton, Washington, not far from where I I moved to live for the last years, and this is where I run the Jimmy Hendrix Music Academy. So I'm up at the grave often, and when I meet people, it's always people, the dedicated fans from all over the world making that pilgrimage. And there's always locals as well, but there's never been a time that I haven't been up there that I got to meet and greet an individual from a different nationality, continent, um, you know, just <laughs> somewhere else. And it's really cool to see my uncle's influence like that. I mean, it, it transcends all the typical supposed barriers that are supposed to exist. So, I mean, he's definitely, 
he's definitely different and special, <laughs> you know, and I don't want to get too carried away on that, but yeah. First time uh, I visited uh, Jimmy's grave, I think is it Greenwood Memorial Cemetery, if I remember correctly. Um, it was 1974 yes. and, uh, and I smoked a joint and left the roach there. Um, and there was a bunch of other roaches on his grave as well. Um, and, and yes. I, was, I was like, I think I was 15, you know, almost 16 at the time. Um, the, the Jimi Hendrix experience was inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame in 1992, which describes him as the greatest instrumentalist in the history of rock music in their biography of him. Uh, the world was robbed of the music that Jimmy might have gone on to create in the decades after 1970. Do you ever dream of who and what Jimmy might be today if he had lived? <laughs> Oh man, I think of that often. I think of that often, you know, he, how our lives would be so much better, how music would be pushed even further. I mean, it's hard to imagine. I mean, because what he did was unbelievable. Nobody was able to do to music and push it forward in that realm. So, I mean, yeah. And by the way, thank you for the roaches because when we were little kids, dad used to always have a constant support. So the roaches never went to waste. They went to baby's baby brother and he always smoke with love. He, he loved coming up there and doing that. And we helped them pick up roaches as little kids. And so, I mean, that's a great memory. And that just, that just authenticated that you do go there and did <laughs> because that's exactly, and you still see that stuff there to this day. <laughs> um, there's a lot of mystery surrounding Jimmy's death, as well as a lot of mistaken assumptions that some people have surrounding both his life as well as his death. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yes. Well, my thoughts are there are a ton of myths. The first and foremost myth, Jimi Hendrix was a drug addict. That is flat out lie. That is propaganda. That was hate speech to, to silence a man who spoke out against the Vietnam War. That was, that was speech. That was rhetoric. That was political rhetoric. I mean, they didn't want to see him to unite people and to his power. He was influential. I mean, I, the FBI has did a threat to national securities and it just tells you and he never i mean, I mean he was a, a a veteran people don't know that you know he yeah. jumped out of airplanes for this country he was brave he did it until he broke his bill so there's a lot of misconceptions a lot of people don't even know that he was a veteran there, a lot of people don't know anything about jimmy and honestly there's been a ton of misinformation published in books it's heartbreaking my whole life i've read different books i i I take it myself just to vet these books to say, hey, wait a minute. There's been about two books out of about 15 books that I've read in my life about Jimi Hendrix. And there's been about two books that I could say are like really good. I give them a 90%. You know, and those people did their homework, but they're just, they're full of lies. And that's really misleading and, and dishonest. And, you know, so that's hurtful. So, I mean, honestly, you know, yeah, there's a lot of misinformation. A, a lot of people think mistakenly, people mistakenly think that he, a lot of people have this mistaken assumption that Jimmy died from an overdose of heroin, but that's not true at all. Um, it was a fluke, a fluke situation. I'm wondering, uh, Tina, Jimmy's music and lyrics, they've been a gigantic influence upon my life. I feel almost as if I knew him personally. I've spent so much time listening to his records, analyzing the words and the stories in his songs. He was a tremendous storyteller. I believe Jimmy was a shaman. Uh, uh, you know, from what I've from from, from what I've yeah. read, Jimmy was a beautiful soul, but he was also a pretty shy person when he was not on stage. Am I correct in that understanding? We got about two minutes to the first break. 
Yes, you're totally correct in that. And Jimi Hendrix, when he died, he had a needle mark on his body. And that is a true fact. And the other thing is, is that he died of asphyxiation because his girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, gave him one quarter of a big pharmaceutical drug that did not sit well with him because he had a headache. And then after choking and, um, choking and vomiting, she waited six hours to even call the medics. There's a big old, you know, I, I'm not, I don't, and then honestly, I met her in 1996. And then like five years later, she killed herself. There, there's just so much, you know, that, that bothers me about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, you know, there's so much to be said about that 27 year club and all that stuff. We got about a minute uh, before the break, uh, so quickly. Jimmy was from our community here in Seattle, Washington, and 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 what's it been like for your family to exist in the shadow of someone who, even in death, looms larger than life? I, I know that you're extremely proud of Jimmy's legacy, but I wonder if there is any weight attached to that experience as as well. You know, we have to do a whole nother segment on that, Vivian. <laughs> yeah, there's a huge weight. It's a blessing. It's a privilege. It's a gift. It's a blessing, privilege, and gift. But at the same time, big shoes, um, right? Just because of all of the things surrounding the legacy and the fact, just the fact that the legacy is now being controlled by a person even related to the family. Now that's hurtful. So yeah, there's a lot going on. But I'm perfectly happy running the charitable side of the family because Jimmy would dig that. I love working with kids, giving out free instruments and music lessons in Jimmy's name, introducing kids to Jimmy. I never that is my thing. I love it. I dig it. You know, but yeah, it's, <laughs> there's always that background of that other force looming, that other, it's not, it's a negative energy that I seek to, you know, to erase. <laughs> right. I am talking to Tina Hendricks. We're going to take a quick break here. Word from our sponsors and advertisers. Come right back with our second segment. Time to roll out for the people that let us have present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling. With the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Fetch your earbuds and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Hi, it's Angela Ardolino with It's a Dog's Life, and I have Hernanda Umana joining me. We're just both so fascinated with how much we've learned since we've been in this pet industry and creating an all-natural product. Because it's a dog's life. I am a huge fan of my guest today, Dr. Bob Goldstein. I have, in my experience, not seen many natural substances produce the results that CBD is producing in the animals that we are testing on. It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. 
Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we are back with Tina Hendricks talking about Jimi Hendrix's life, his legacy, and the 50th anniversary of his passing. Uh, Tina, Jimmy's beautiful, iconic version of the Star Spangled Banner at Woodstock was highly controversial at the time. Um, it's, 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 it's tremendous. Uh, and you have played the Star Spangled Banner on your electric violin to open Seattle Hemp Fest multiple times. Uh, there's a statue of Jimmy here in Seattle that also is somewhat controversial uh, I was just wondering if you could share your thoughts on the status of on on this on the statue of Jimi Hendrix uh, on Capitol Hill. Oh, yeah, the statue, man. Um, basically, the statue was put up in '97 by Mike Malone, a real estate developer. It sits outside of one of his developments over there on Capitol Hill. Um, the only problem is, is that every year, at least several times that I know of, the statue is consistently desecrated, vandalized, I don't know what you want to call it, but the fact that it happens, I mean, it, it does something to me. It traumatizes me. It, it, not only is it heartbreaking, it, it, it's scary to know that that hate exists. And, and, and to be doing that to Jimmy, if you could do that to Jimmy, imagine what you would do to just a regular black person. I mean, so whoever's doing that stuff is, and I mean, it's a lot of people that are doing it. The, the, you know why? It's because Jimi Hendrix has no connection to where that statue was placed. That statue was placed there just to bring people to, um, you know, that development, and that's okay. But now that we know that it's being abused and it's hurting the family, it's definitely time to move it to a place that is definitely connected to Jimi Hendrix's real roots, which is the central district of Seattle, where he's from. And so if you put his statue in a place where he has deep connections, the people themselves will take care of the statue. That is not happening. I don't think they, the statue is welcome where it's at. It's, it's just in a really ugly place, too. I mean, I mean, people, a lot of people go there from around the world to see that statue, and it's not in a friendly place. I mean, there's no parking. There's nothing. It's, it's just, it's horrible. So, I mean, they need to do Jimmy better, and we need to bring Jimmy home. We need to bring him home to the Central District where he belongs. I'm, I recommend Garfield High School because that's where he really started to dived all the way into his music. And that's when he made the decision. And that's where he worked with all of those young cats in Seattle to, to start doing what he was doing. I mean, so that's where it belongs. The people will take care of it if you put it in the right place. Right. Uh, this month marks the 50th anniversary of Jimmy's passing. Uh, what do you have in store to memorialize the occasion? Yeah, so, you know, with everything going on in the world, I definitely didn't want to waste the opportunity to make a difference with Jimmy, because Jimmy, I think, would want that. He was definitely outspoken against, you know, so you know, social justice issues. He he was a genius <laughs> at making people think about that stuff. 
in his own special way, you know, through music and art demonstrations, he did that. And so I want to do that as well at Jimi Hendrix Park. Um, I want music and art demonstrations that show, you know, that teach, that unite, that, um, <laughs> that educate and that actually heal. It's pretty much going to be about healing. So we're doing the Jimi Hendrix 50th Memorial Peace and Love March for Equity because I think it's just so appropriate that we have to get equity before there's any justice. It's like, you know, it's just been going on a long time. So <laughs> it's 50, Jimmy's 50th Memorial is very, very special and historic. So I figure let's try to, you know, make some change come about with this and at least um, build some allyship and, you know, build some bridges with people. I mean, it's the perfect time to do that. And so that's, that's going to be um, on Friday, the 18th of September. Um, and it's 10, 10, 10 o'clock in the morning every day for three days, right? And then the march is at noon. Is that correct? On Friday? So, so Friday, the whole, the whole Jimi Hendrix Memorial starts at 12 noon at Garfield High School with a march demonstration march, a peace and love march parade over to Jimi Hendrix Park, where we will have live artists that are painting. So it's going to be a live music and art demonstration the entire time. And so just, it's going to be so beautiful, so beautiful for Jimmy. And it's all people driven. It's all people from that area. And by the way, we've been working the last three months just to make it COVID safe. We have a crew just for safety, just for masks. They meet there every Monday faithfully. And we are, we have masks available. Masks are required for everybody coming to Jimmy's memorial at the request of his family and at the request of Jimmy's brother, who's in his 70s, who was almost afraid to come up here for this because whenever my dad, Leon Hendricks, comes around, people bombard him. They want hugs. They want autographs. They want kisses. He can't do that. So he was no, like, Tina, yeah. am I going to be safe? Am I going to be safe? And I said, Dad, you are going to be safe. We are going to keep everybody at social distancing. We have masks required. We have masks to hand out. We have people at every entrance of the park to make sure people have their masks. And if they don't, they will be provided with a mask. We have hand washing stations throughout the park. We have sanitizer. We, it's all about social distancing. Everything is outdoors. We have, we have worked so hard for that, like to make this safe because nothing with Jimmy's name on it could ever cause any harm. So that is my number one priority of this whole entire thing is that it is safe. Cool. I'm certainly going to be there. Um, I've heard some rumors there might be some unreleased recordings of Jimmy uh, surfacing soon. Is is that true? Well, yeah, at the park, I'm actually going to be playing a lot of rare footage <laughs> just for the really? people that show up. Yes, sir. So we have a video. I, I just received some really cool stuff all from all over the world from the fans. And I'm I love getting that stuff. And I love sharing it with the people who deserve it, the marchers, the people that are out there putting in the work right now. So they're going to be rewarded with, with rare footage of Jimmy and, um, and never before heard music, studio outtakes, which I think a lot of that stuff is so awesome and it's just crazy. So you guys are going to definitely hear some Jimmy that you have never heard before. I guarantee it. I promise it. Uh, the memorial is going to be held at Jimi Hendrix Park. What can you tell us about Jimi Hendrix Park? Yeah, so Jimi Hendrix Park, um, it's on 2300 South Massachusetts over there in Seattle in the Central District. Um, Jimi Hendrix Park, um, you know, there's a bit of controversy about it um, there. Um, but honestly, we're working those things out. 
I think Jimi Hendrix's part should have been a bigger, more suitable part that honored him more appropriately. And so we're working on that. We're working on maybe getting a bigger part, maybe like Judkins' part, to be named Jimi Hendrix's part. Because honestly, that Jimi Hendrix's part was part of a bad land deal to stop the African Heritage Museum from forming. So, I mean, I hate to say that, but it's true. That the reason why the city turned that grass field into the so-called Jimi Hendrix Park was to prevent development. <laughs> and so, I mean, all this is coming out. The museum that's there is, is being occupied currently by some of my friends and they've been there for over a month. And I'm really proud of them for putting in the work because the truth needs to exist. You can't rewrite history and you can't have a fake museum. And so, I mean, <laughs> I mean, we got people, man, there's a lot of work to be done, Vivian, but we got to do it, man. I mean, somebody's got to do it. <laughs> you know, you know how it goes. I do. I do. What can you tell us um, about, we got a couple minutes. What can you tell us about the Jimi Hendrix Music Academy? Oh man, my heart and soul, my my purpose. Yeah, you know, I was blessed enough to form the Jimi Hendrix Music Academy in 2009, where we're able to, through the fan support of Jimmy's fans throughout the world, we're able to provide free music instruments, free music lessons, education, performance opportunities to underserved youth, youth who are at risk, youth who are impoverished, youth who, you know, otherwise wouldn't be able to afford it. And these are youth from Jimmy's old neighborhoods, and, you know, any neighborhood, really, because we don't turn any kids down. But we've been blessed to be able to do it. You know, we're hurting right now, obviously, in this pandemic. But we are fighting to stay alive. And we are staying strong. We're so dedicated. Our volunteers are dedicated. And once, you know, we're, we're, we're definitely determined and going to come back even stronger, you know, when we're, when we're allowed to. And we're working on that, too. We got about 30 seconds before the next break. I'm just curious. I, I won't ask you what your favorite Jimmy song or album is because I'm not sure that's possible even for me. <laughs> but what are the, some of the of the songs that that you like the most that that come to mind? Uh, uh, oh gosh, just I mean, just because so I many. play. Yeah, well, because I'm a violinist, so I I love songs where he makes his guitar sound like a violin better than a violin. He makes it sound like God's violin. But I love Axis Bold as Love. That's oh, one of my favorites because the lead, the solo in that is just like, oh my God, wow, are you serious? Are you, you aren't human. Come on. And and another one I love is 1983, A, a Merman. Merman I, should be. I love that. That is my stuff. Because <laughs> I was just thinking of that goal, song. My whole goal in life is to play that all those lines he did on the violin. So, you know, I got my work cut out for me. I got my goals and dreams, and, and Jimmy is such an inspiration. So yeah, thank God for that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so many great, it's, it's amazing. Every single song is spectacular. I mean, Little Wayne is amazing. It's, Machine it's Gun. It's unreal. Yeah, oh my God. I listening to Machine Gun uh, yesterday. Wow, you know, I mean, oh so my God. timeless, yes. timeless yes, music. I, oh, I want to play excerpts from Berkeley, Jimi Hendrix Berkeley at the memorial. So we're working on that too. That's so wow. important right now where he supports the protesters. The protesters are on film getting beat up outside by the cops. It's just so appropriate. You know, it's like, this is 50 years ago, people. We're still fighting the good fight. Yep. I'm talking to Tina Henders. We're going to take another break, come back for our final question. So don't go anywhere. Time to roll out for the people that let us have present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Candid. Captivating. Compelling. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Welcome Thank to Cannabis Conf. Oh, you got me again. All right. 
<laughs> you got me again. Welcome to Cannabis okay. Confidential. Ah! <laughs> hey, we did it. We did it. Hey, Welcome. I have the coolest guest today. You guys already know. The one and only Tommy Chong. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Cannabis Confidential. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Himping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Dazed and infused. Join sugar industry expert Latham Woodward for a happier hour each week for a lively and often hilarious discussion on the infusion of cannabis into food, beverages, and life. Explore exciting new culinary landscape trends with fascinating friends and guests who are leading the industry into the uncharted mainstream. Discover curated menus, enhanced cocktails, and live tastings. Life's a little sweeter here on Dazed and Infused. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. We're back with Tina Hendricks. Tina, when I was researching for this interview and putting it together, I put Jimmy's music on. Um, and, and to be honest, I was so moved, I, I started crying. <laughs> I was so deeply touched in my soul. Jimmy touches me in a way that really no other musician does. Um, and you know, I want to tell you, when I was in fourth grade, I was walking to school in Los Angeles and I found a big black and white Jimi Hendrix poster on the ground by, you know, by this building. And I took it home and I, it was a, a poster that had his huge, he had a huge Afro, a natural, and I cut his head out and I glued it on my peachy folder and I took it to school and I got sent by the principal over it. Um, but I wouldn't let him take my peachy folder. Uh, I made sure yeah. that, that I was able to take it home. Um, that's yeah. how much of, a, of the influence Jimmy's had on my life, you know, from when I was a, a child. I love Jimmy. Wow. Um, well, we still have yeah. a few minutes left to talk. I'm just wondering, what would you like our listeners to most remember about your uncle, Jimmy Hendricks? Well, Jimmy was... Jimmy was a, a person, he, Jimmy was a man from Seattle, Washington, first of all. And he was born very poor, very extremely poor. Him and my dad grew up very poor in and out of foster homes. Um, they faced a lot of abuses, different abuses growing up in Seattle. Um, they lived in, in different housing projects, um, Rainer Vista, Holly Park, um, Yesler Terrace, you know, I mean, so they, they come from super humble beginnings with, you know, from, you know, really hard, hard beginnings. So I just want the people to know that it, it was not easy for Jimmy to, to, to overcome all of that. And also that he was a, you know, an American veteran, a hero, 
and that he was honorably discharged after, you know, breaking his ankle, jumping out of planes. You know how brave he had to be. I just want to let people know there's so much more to Jimi Hendrix. And also that he, he cared so much about peace and love. And he really did speak it and live it in his music. And this is the, my favorite quote that Jimmy ever spoke. One of them, because he has so many, but it is, when the power of love overcomes the love of power, the world will know peace. And yeah, that's what I want people to know. Wow. Um, Gina, you know, you're so awesome. I so value you as a friend and, and everything. Thank you so much for coming on to the show today, telling us uh, your stories about Jimmy um, and everything. And I will certainly see you on the 18th. Thank you, Vivian. And we still do need some volunteers. So yet people go to HendrixMusicAcademy.org. Please sign up. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Now I'm going to get to a weekly feature him presented on CannabisReal.com. And that's the quote of the week. And here it is. I have nothing to regret at all in the past, except that I might have unintentionally hurt somebody else or something. And those are the immortal words of Jimi Hendrix. That concludes the installment of him presented on Cannabis Radio. I want to thank Brasco, my man in the control room, and all the Cannabis Radio sponsors and advertisers. Join me next week for some more reefer repartee and cannabis confabulation with some special hemp we're saping on a journey to justice. As we silence the violence, increase the peace, and promote unity in the cannabis community with impunity. When it comes to prohibition, you got the right not to remain silent. Find your voice and speak out for justice. Until then, my friends, stay strong, stand tall, toke it easy. Turn up the music maestro, because I'm out. Marijuana! The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.